Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. Do I push your buttons? You push my button. I am a man of singular buttons. Well, I've already pushed mine, so that was the intro. Yes, that's up to our normal standard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did say to Sam just now I'm going into my office to record uh, an epic podcast. Um, in fact, I said, oh, yes, and he, he just sniggered. I think it's time that Sam should have to come answer for himself because he's, he's, Sam's pretty mean. I didn't even tell you the worst of it. Oh, yeah? What's the worst of it? As I left, I heard him say, you might be. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Is, is Sam in the office right now? He is. I think you should walk over there and 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 put put your headphones on so he can hear me. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. So uh, hey, what's we, the... we, we, we'll see. Here we go. We're going for a wander. Okay. So uh, we're, we're just walking into Sam's office right now. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm just handing in my headphones. Uh, John would like a word with you, Sam. Sam, why are you so mean? Uh, well, he's not got it in here yet. Oh, hey, John. Why are you so mean? <laughs> I'm not mean. I'm realistic. Uh, th- realistic. Oh, oh, biting. <laughs> okay. Do you know that 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 Scotty and I go way back, and I I may have to ask our one listener <laughs> if, if if Scotty should have to to sack you or not. Oh no. Yeah. You can't do this. I, I can, and I've just done it live <laughs> on air. Okay. You can give the headphones. You've got, back. Remember, John. He can. He can. Um, he can edit that out. Oh shit! That's right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! Matt just said it won't be as funny the second time when we have to re-record it because w- you've lost your audio. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 You're under flat from here. <laughs> really? It's like you know. All right, got it. All right, you're back in the safety of my office, John, where you are loved. All right, yeah, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> now that that's over, uh, I want to introduce a new segment. Could, should I do this hack or not? Okay, so does it need a tune? Uh, Should I do this hack or not? <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay, oh, that was good. Not a penny was wasted on our sound effects library. Not a penny. So uh, we are we are now you know essentially in quiet period, and so we started off, uh, we, which we do regularly, something called tech debt week where we look at things that were kind of things that we've been wanting to do but haven't been able to do because of of you know a development segment that we were working on or something that's ideas we have for improvement and there's similar things for that designers come saying hey you know this could be improved and so there's a whole list of things we go over them and then we go to attack them and uh one of the things is something that I, I volunteered to do because i was in there recently and it has to do with the styling of the the content advisory warnings in english um, because I talked about this before and saying that, you know, for certain countries that, that, that demand graphical icons, including your own. Um, uh, so you may have noticed you Brits, uh, that when you look at a display page, uh, in our, in our app that you have like this little, there's an actual image, which has the, 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 the rating for it. Whereas in other English speaking countries and most of the rest of the world, it's just a stylized, uh, it's not even really stylized. It's just like, you know, in America, like PG for parental guidance or, you know. MA for mature, and then there are some other uh, designations. And so the request was to basically make it consistent because there are other places in the app where the text is in 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 a in a text view, which or text label rather, 
uh, a label that has rounded corners and a particular styling of the text. And it's the rounded corners that are, are you know, they look great. It's very easy to do to, to style a view. But as the, the half listener who was half paying attention, which really counts as a quarter listener when I was going on and on about NS uh, text attachments in a rich text field or, you know, in an attributed text run, uh, you can attach images and, and basically anchor them, make them appear to the, the string as if it's just any other character there, which makes layout so much easier. So at first blush, when I look at the design, it's one of those like, nope, I don't want to have multiple UI labels on there because that makes layout difficult. I want to put that in there, but I don't think that there's any attributes on an attributed string that could could give something like rounded corners. You can put an image, but you can't put you can't put you know a, a, a highlight section. Maybe you can. I'm going to look at it. So until I can, if unless I I can find that there's an actual attribute that would give the same look, I'm ready ready for this hack just to basically take our specialized label subclass, which we use in other places, render an image to it, cache it, and then put it in as a text attachment so that I would have like this little controller that would you could ask for a, a, a rounded, you know, rounded rect representation, flows off the tongue for it. And if it's already there in cache, it just gives you back. If it doesn't, and we'll just put it in there and cache it because it's something that over the, the course of an app you may have a call for this rendered things many, many times, and I don't want to have whatever overhead there is. Probably wouldn't be that much to begin with, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but that's the approach I'm thinking about taking. What say you, Scotty? Is that too much of a hack? Well, do you think we should put it out to our listener and run a poll? <laughs> I would, well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't take long to get an answer back to our, our the, the half-listener who cares about the topic but is only half-listening and half-inclined to... to you could half be bothered to to answer see my view on hacks is pretty much does it allow you to do something you couldn't do otherwise Ah. that you really need to do Mm. in which case it's not really a hack it's just being pragmatic um because you know now if you could say well uh, we'll do this and if it proves to be okay that's fine and if it doesn't we'll have to invest a you know shitload of work into trying to find something else uh it's still fine i mean it's you know hacks does the user notice it's a hack? Is this going to cause you any engineering issues in the future? If the answer to both of those are no, then it's not really a hack. It's just not quite as desirable as you'd like, but actually okay. Scotty, I'm I'm actually floored because I think that was very well-reasoned and it made me feel better. So, I mean, I, I am going to go check to see if, if, if it is possible to get the exact same look using attributes. I just don't think offhand. I mean, I've looked through them. And I just don't know how, how you do it. You can set background color on the type. You get that part of it, but I don't know how you'd make rounded corners on it um, because it's a very common thing, you know, to have some text that highlights and it looks yellow as if you'd marked it up with a marker. But those are all rectangular as far as I remember. But who knows? Maybe there's some way of doing it because that would be the right way of doing it. I am I am very much kind of wedded to keeping the, these multiple parts of text that are are in one run of, of, of an attributed string together in one because, because you know, I, I said it a million times, it makes the layout much easier, especially if you switch direction. And if you were to have to, to you know, break it down into multiple labels, that's, that's it's so much easier to, to concatenate a string and then set it on a label than to, to deal with multiple labels and deal with the constraints um, of, of, of putting them together especially if it's going to have to ever wrap to multiple lines, which it can and for certain languages and certain small devices. So um, this, this 
rendering as a service, I think may may actually may actually work. And the reality is, is that th there are other places where this type of technique is used, where you may get a snapshot, right? I mean, it's used in no less than the Springboard, where you know before your app is 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 going to enter background, it, it, the system will take a screenshot of it. You have a chance to to to, to do it as well so that you can determine what the app will look like when then you go to the app switcher and you see this graphical representation so all it's doing is rendering the contents of a view and remember a, a, a view a window is just a view in ios um, uh, and it just renders it and, and asks for it so why not take the same technique in another place to, to put text as an image inside text yeah i mean it doesn't it doesn't sound that hacky to me. It, it sounds like you're just you're, you're working with attributed strings anyway. You're just you're just doing what it takes to get what you need onto the screen, and it doesn't sound like you're doing anything that's going to cause you massive performance issues or memory resource issues. If anything, it's going to be quite light by the sounds of it. So yeah, I, I don't know why you even call it a hack. To be honest, I think you're um you've introduced a section to our show that is not really very well titled. Well, shit. Yeah. Well, then we can call the title a hack. Or, or the title of the show could be "This Whole Show's a Hack." Well, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure it'd be that good. Well, I don't know. I'm but gonna I'm, I'm gonna push back a little, but I think I think, well, maybe not. I don't know. It, it seems it seems a little bit strange, but I guess it's no more strange in terms of how you get the image. It just seems like it's a bit of a round trip because really the the, the text comes for it's already going to be in the string. I could just you know grab the string at that range. Go then put that string in 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 a text label that stylized a certain way, capture that image, and then replace the the string at the at the index using a text attachment. I don't know. Maybe it's not that hacky. Still seems a little bit weird. Mostly, I suppose at this point, it's a complaint about Apple. It's like it should be easier to to do this stuff. Of course, I may come back and say, no. Of course, you can do highlights with rounded rect. Not a problem at all. But we'll see. Yes, our listener will write in and say, "Yeah, just set this property, John, and, you can... yeah. <laughs> and you're done." Yeah. Well, th yeah. All right. Fine. I got nothing else. How are you? Scott? That's it. That that that's that's your that's your limit for the entire of this week, is it? No, no, hack? no, 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 no. That's just for this for okay. this portion. I for, for this portion of the show, there we are. See, see, I was underestimating you, John. Something I do very frequently, mm -hmm. and that always always comes up to bite me. So what have I been doing this week? Um, uh, back to mixing MoneyWell with uh, client work. We had to let the MoneyWell user base know this week in a blog post that uh, the the long-awaited next version that we were hoping to ship this year isn't going to ship this year um, because yeah, we're still doing the sync stuff. And we've spoken several times about some technology changes, and I'm sure we'll talk about them a bit more in a moment. But, uh, yeah, the, the reality is uh, the response has been we've not been, you know, the offices haven't been stampeded by hordes with pitchforks and uh, and torches. Most of the um, uh, feedback online has been, yeah, this stuff's hard, get it right. We'd much rather it worked properly. So that's good. But, of course, we only put the blog post out yesterday, so maybe no one's actually read it yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's beat me to it there, Scotty. Put a blog post out on a Tuesday afternoon and, and don't tell anyone you've put it out. And then every you can say the world agrees with me. Mm. Well, you're also competing against the impeachment hearings in the United States. So I think the Venn diagram of people who are watching that and waiting for news of money well sinking is huge overlap. So, Oh, massively, because I would say almost anyone who's interested in impeachment would be using money well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in order to budget. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so we said we would, uh, I said a couple of weeks ago that we'd um, 
stopped uh, using Core Data and moved to SQLite. Therefore, we needed to find a different syncing solution to Ensembles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we mentioned that uh, last week that I've uh, been using... Uh, did I mention last week we've been using Sorcery? I can't remember because you, we lost your audio and had to record again. You forgot. <laughs> You're so full of shit. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway, I can't remember. Anyway, um, we introduced using Sorcery to to the app to generate some stuff. So I was just thinking about how um, if we're syncing, we only want to only want to introduce change sets and things like that. We don't want to be syncing whole classes across stuff. Uh, but obviously that that can often be quite um, code intensive if you're doing it yourself. Um, and I didn't want to write... Okay, let's take a step back. I didn't want to write a really generic um, syncing system because we don't need to because yeah, we're working with a very specific data set. So we can write something that very specifically syncs our data, um, which gets rid of a lot of the complexities of, well, you know, edge cases and what you have to do in a, in a generic situation. And there's always this... Um, tendency isn't there when you're writing code to try and write something more generic than specific but generic code takes a lot lot longer to write than specific code and the reality is over the many years I've been a developer you often find that that generic code you write you never use in a generic way because there's always something in there that's going to stop you using it in a generic way and all that extra time you've put into making it generic you've wasted so I think these days my my default is write something specific if you then get a second case where it needs to be generic, at that point, put the time in to make it generic because you may find it again. Um, not everyone's going to agree with that, but that's my current way of uh, thinking. No, I'm definitely so, going to agree. So, yeah, so I was looking at um, how we could work with our own. You know, we could write something very specific to our stuff. But there was, there was still a, quite a lot of boilerplate code in, in the structs that we're using uh, to to work out what's changed in the struct and build a change set for that struct that we could use for passing across the wire um and it you know turns out because of the templating system uh just use sorcery and we can generate most of that code so code code generation is something we're we're now using and then just adorn it a bit more with um where you have uh, some more specific cases so that really is quite useful because if you just want to change one little thing you know it you just do it and you um for people who don't know sorcery Sourcery will often, uh, it generates code into a new file, or you can use um, comments in your code to force it to generate code in line uh, in, in an existing file. Now, because quite a lot of our code that's going to do with syncing is going to be accessing uh, properties of our structs that may not be visible outside of the struct, we need the um, extension that it's generating to be in the same file, so it has code visibility um so we're doing inline code generation uh but it actually works pretty well um the whole sorcery thing so i'm um uh, yeah quite uh, uh quite pleased with the way way that's working but obviously we then needed a a transport mechanism for um passing these sync files backwards and forwards working out you know having some um still no certain the past we didn't want to use iCloud, um, partly because the main reason we're not using iCloud is it's a black box, and when it goes wrong, there's nothing you can do about it. And um, as I've said before, I use a, a couple of apps that um, sync through iCloud, and when occasionally I get problems, absolutely nothing the support people can do, 
because they can't see into the container. There's very little I as a user can do with the container. So we were um, uh, fairly uh, you know, convinced quite early on not to use iCloud. When we were using Ensembles, I think I'd mentioned before, we'd set up our own sync server and we'd written the sync server in um, Swift, server-side Swift, mm-hmm. in, in Vapor. Um, and uh, it was sort of working, but it was a little bit flaky. And I we did have a few sort of like maintenance issues with it. Plus, server-side Swift is changing a lot, so the frameworks are changing a lot. So was a little bit worried about it. Plus, it takes up a lot of time writing this stuff. So we, uh, as we were making this change over to SQL Lite, um, and and not using ensembles, we also reviewed the server side of things, and did a little bit of investigation. And actually, we're currently we have uh, our latest internal build of Moneywell syncing using um, Google Firebase as the back end. Wow. Um, actually using their file, fire, fire store, which is a NoSQL um, database. Um, and it seems, uh, it, it's got lots of limitations as a NoSQL database, but we don't need it to really be a database. We just need it to be a reliable store of documents uh, that we can do things with if we need to. And... I have to say, it's been quite. Um, I've been quite impressed with it so far. It's been, it's pretty good. Um, equally, now I have no idea if this is efficient or not efficient for when we, so because we've done no um, performance analysis on our apps yet. But you know, you can easily set the client SDK up to watch certain folders within the database. So, for example, we're not having to do any polling for one client to see if something's changed from another client. It basically Firebase just tells us through subscriptions and everything in there. So actually, as a back-end sync service, um, you know, or, or as back-end store for the data we're going to use for uh, syncing, um, it's pretty good um, because we're not giving. We're only using it as a store. It doesn't need to know anything about any of the data. So basically, everything's encrypted end to end. So we encrypt in the MoneyWell client one end, and it doesn't get decrypted to the other end. So no one can ever see the data that's up there, including us, because you know um, we think that's very important to build a P. One of our selling points is to say no one's ever going to have access to your data, um, including you. In a form that's readable, including <laughs> yourself. Yeah, if it goes wrong. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's quite early days, but it's good. Now, of course, this is because um, you know, but Firestore has a cost, and so we had to weigh this up. And it's a case of, you know, because we are effectively selling an app that currently sells for around $60, um, we're not sure what the final price will be of the next version, but you know, let, let's assume for the moment it's in the same ballpark. You can actually sit and afford to make calculations of saying, well, you know, if over the lifetime of this this user they use up $5 of back-end, um, you know, resources, can we absorb that in, in, in the pricing? Or do we need to charge more for syncing or or whatever else, but you know that's not something you could really ever do with a ninety-nine cent app. No, you know you've just got no room there. And don't be wrong; I think Firestore is incredibly cheap. But one of the things I like about it, of course, we have no real-world analytics on this yet to to, to fully know. But um, uh, hopefully, once we get into beta next year, we'll get those. Um, but uh, because of the way it works 
where you have to set up indexes for everything you want to access. Um, let's say you had a million documents and you want to run a query, you know, to get all the ones where field A is X. Um, because everything comes through indexes, you only ever, or all your billing is based on the six documents you return. The fact that you went through a million documents to find those six isn't relevant. And there's no, or there's very little fee involved for the amount of data you store. So it's all about how many times you read documents and write documents, which means with a little bit of good design, um, it's, you know, it's pretty cheap. And I think that the charge currently is five cents per quarter of a million reads or something. Wow. So, or hundred, I mean, it, it's, it's quite low. I think, I think um, watching some stuff the other day, it worked out that if you're, if you're daily, if you're doing 58 million reads a day, your bill will be about $30 for the day. But 58 million reads is a lot of reads. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I think we're reasonably confident. We may find out that it's totally, we've got the math wrong and it's, you know, it costs us a fortune and we have to charge extra for syncing or, or whatever. But um, You might have to fire Sam yeah. to save on labor costs. Yeah, so just it's... Uh, yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, you're just very keen to get Sam fired somehow, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I would say who would who would edit the audio, but as you never supply any audio to edit, that wouldn't make any difference. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I will let this go in 2020. Honestly, right. until then, I'm going to milk it. <laughs> All right, <good>. um, <laughs> um, yeah, and so it's just said for us, you know, sometimes spending just a little bit of money. I mean, because obviously this is being run on Google Cloud, it's scalable. You know, it's secure. It's very quite easy to configure. Um, you know, it means we're not running our own server code and whatever else. So that probably cuts realistically a month of development time out of the whole thing. So yeah, so that's just an update on that, and we'll let you know whether it... I, I like to put this picture now of what I'm feeling like a week in, because I can go back to it later on and say, are oh, you really more a good judge there, or boy, were you a complete dickhead who had no idea. <laughs> Well, I, I have a, a quick question, though, because I, I, I've done very little with Firebase myself. Um, I've worked on projects where somebody brought up a back end, and, and, and I think it's so I, I have a very good impression of it. Um, but so if you I assume that what it is, is that you have key value pairs, which is your metadata about the object that you're storing and that that object is some binary data that you supply to it. Do you pass it the binary and it? cares about where it stores it or is it stored in in i mean i'm curious because the traditional way with with sql databases and, and large files is that you just basically have a file reference or you know you store the name of the file itself in the database and then you have logic for determining where to find it on the file system depending on some other context things uh it's no it's um okay so firstly firebase used to be an external product that Go that was acquired by google right. and when fire when firebase was just Firebase in the old days. It was sort of like a st back-end storage mechanism. Firebase is now a suite of applications and a whole bunch of stuff like um, analytics that used to come with Crashlytics and everything are all mm. now part of this Firebase back-end. Now, so one of the features, one of the things in the suite is a, a, a NoSQL database store called Firestore. Mm. And the the what what used to be called Firebase is still called the old-fashioned real-time database, and they're quite different. So the file store 
is uh, basically a NoSQL storage system that you can access. So effectively, you can have only t- there's only three elements you can have. Uh, there are documents, um, there are collections, and there are fields. Mm. Um, and so a um, a collection can only contain documents, and then a document can t- contain collections and fields. Mm. Um, and literally, if you want to access a certain... Um, and you can only access the... Uh, the data in uh, a particular collection. So you have to design your data because you can't really say, give me this bit of data from over here, this bit of data from over here, this bit of data from over here. You can say, give me the documents in this collection that is in this document that is in this whatever else. Um, And once you set up a query that does that and you try and ask Firestore for for that document, it will say, in order to do that, you have to set up an index um, that, that allows me to do that easily. So you are quite limited on how you can query things. So, for example, you can never use a not equal query, uh, which, of course, was a bit of a challenge in one thing. We'll talk about it another time because not equal will require a effectively a document scan, and you can't document scan. You have to do queries that can be indexable. Um, and they're based on you find something as opposed to you don't find something. Um, so there are limitations, um, but once you get used to working with those, for what we're doing, it is uh, it, it's pretty fine. And uh, I think it's just if you're used to, just like if you're using core data, you can't necessarily think SQL database. Yeah, if you're using this, you can't think SQL database core data. You've got to learn to think the way the product's designed to work. And if you do that, then um, it's uh, it's all pretty good. So I can't. I don't think I've actually answered your question. <laughs> it's such, but the point is, you yeah, you you just put a uh, you start with a query and you say, get me this document, and then you can chain another query saying, get you know, get me this collection from this this document, and then chain another query saying, you know, get me this document in this collection, and and you just chain them together. And then it works out what your indexes need to be for that. It generates a link for you um, if, if you try and access it, and you can go to the Firestore console and uh, have it generate that index. <laughs> so it's it would be it's quite it would be quite poor for like giving a user front end where they could type some ad hoc query. You'd never get that to work, All right? Um, but for apps that need very specific things, like we do. And we are very specifically just writing sync logs and bringing sync log back down and registering uh, the different sync elements. And then you just set up a set of sync rules, uh, a set of um, security rules on it. So, for example, at the very top level of our database is a collection called users. And then inside that collection is a document for each user. Um, And... uh, Firestore has an authentication system where you can use the API to create create users. And then we've just set a very simple rule on documents in the user folder that you can only access a document in the user folder if the ID of the authenticated user is the same as the ID of the document. In other words, there's one document per user, mm-hmm. and that's the only way you can see it. Um, so it, it's all quite simple stuff like that. And it so it, it handles all of your security, not letting people touch data with just a few setup rules. So I think the whole rule for our syncing system, I was setting these up this morning, is six lines of just sort of like 
fairly fairly simple um similar to regex type of expressions just saying just make sure all this applies and you're good um and our whole security is set up and firestore will enforce that when you're coming to it so yeah i said it's been um i might may be back to you in the new year saying oh this is a pile of crap and can't use it or maybe saying in the spring wow this is costing us a fortune <laughs> doing there but uh, from an initial point of view um yeah and especially but the fact that it's you can uh register notifi- for notifications when things change um and uh so it's a little bit like um ns fetch results controller for example mm-hmm. you could you you register a query and say when this query changes give me um you know tell me um what happens is let's say there are seven documents in the result and then one of those document changes um effectively you get the seven documents back again but faster was intelligently only brought you back the document that changed and then rebuilt the result set and gives you the result set so you don't get just changes through it just says your query's changed the result of your query's changed here's the new result set a little bit like NS fetch results controller does and then you can have a look at it a little bit to see what changed in it or didn't change in it if you want to if you need to go to that granularity hmm. that sounds all yeah that, that is kind of i mean how not, surprising is not the word it sounds very convenient i mean it's like again i think back to all the struggles i had bringing up backends for for memory miners like if only I had stuff like this and not necessarily this would be the solution but i think that internet scale services at, at super cheap prices you know, where were they when I needed them 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I had an incredibly simple sync system. I mean, I mean simple, not no, by no means good enough, but I wanted to prove whether this would work for us. I had an incredibly simple sync system that was keeping data between two little sample apps I wrote uh, in sync between each other in about four hours. Mm. So that's, I was quite, yeah. Um, and to be honest, the, the extended sync system that's now running in Moneywell uh, to do this isn't a lot more complicated mm. the complications are how money well handles the data it gets back from the sync system and what it does with it and doesn't do with it so the actual keeping the data between apps and whatever else is pretty much still using the same code right in those four hours to be honest mm. wow well speaking of four hours we haven't gone for four hours but we're approaching our our time limit our self-imposed time limit to keep this thing fresh and light. I think it's to stop the audience suffering too much, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> so, John, uh, if if someone wants to um, get hold of you about our new segment called Should I Do This Hack um, and, and tell you that actually your idea was amazing, why should they do that? Uh, they should you should go to the place on the internet where nothing is everything is amazing and nothing is uncivil that would be twitter where you'll find me as jembe that's d-j-e-m-b-e like the west african drum and if people want to go off on the deeper edges of the internet and find you where you're hiding where may they do so well i am hiding out on twitter as mac devnet or on uh, micro.blog as scotty or of course they can get hold of both of us by sending a good old-fashioned email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, it's been it's been fun speaking to you. Um, next week, I am heading your direction again. So, whether we'll get um, the timings worked out to actually get a a show recorded next week, because I I'm travelling during our normal recording time, we'll have to work out. But um, uh, it it's been fun, and uh, hopefully, this is a uh, uh, yeah. We're going to... Why am I... I've, I'm waffling on about something. I have no idea what I'm about to say now. It's like one of those things where my lips are moving and my brain just isn't engaging. <laughs> nor, nor is the listener's ear, but yeah. that's okay. 
I think I just call that life, actually. Yeah. yeah, but there we are. Anyway, so thanks, everyone, for listening to most of it. Just just knock off the last 20 seconds because it's irrelevant. <laughs> well, maybe knock off the last 30 minutes is irrelevant. Um, thanks for listening. And until next time, you take care. Sam, bye.